Welcome. Are you ready for your birthday? Uh, it's a big birthday. It is a big birthday. I'll share. It's my 40th birthday. As someone who has wandered into the frontier of 40. Uh, yes. You know what? I love it over here. You like it? I mean, but we knew I was actually very excited you were very, to turn 40. You were. You. I actually remember having conversations about 40 when you were like 37 and you had a little bit of a like, okay, this much time. And then I think you just crossed over to like. No, it's better on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just this like it was very freeing to me to I turn haven't 40. had those feelings. I mean, I think a lot of people know, but if they don't, I'm also having a baby. What? Oh my gosh, so shocking. <laughs> um that it's a weird kind of double like, oh, 40 and a baby and a thing and oh, what a big year we're having. Like it there's a lot going on, but I'm definitely not a Oh my god, I'm turning 40. I'm terrible. Like I, I don't I feel a little neutral about it. I'm excited for a birthday, but I'm a little <laughs> neutral on the number. You know what? That's fair. You yeah. also you have a big year coming up. It's a big year. I also in my head I'm thinking right now, uh, shout out to our ATX TV members who listen to this and I can just feel our Slack channel exploding as they listen to this with Kate's having a baby. Well, they know from the festival. Do they? I don't know. Someone I know at least one of them does because I told one of them on the patio because I was too tired and I had to go to bed and I had to (laughs) be like, I can't talk to you anymore. I'm so sorry. I'm pregnant. Goodbye. (laughs) Fair. Apologies. You know who you are. Maybe he kept a secret. Maybe not. I don't know. You know, we'll, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You can tell us who you are. But I was going to say more on the birthday side of things, maybe on the baby side of things with today's release, which is Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning presented by Universal Studio Group. So I've seen like three or four episodes of this. They're all slightly like different and they are around a death of some sort. Like, so this isn't quite the thing, but it is a little bit of the like, you know, it does this item bring you joy, like minimalist sort of thing. And in bringing a baby into the house and birthdays and everything else, like there's a bit of like, oh, we only have so much space. Like what is like, I don't need this much stuff. So there is something to this panel and the organization of it that like for the last couple of months, because we are not moving and like changing a room and like all of these things of like, do I need this? What do I need? Also, how much stuff does a baby need? Baby well, needs a lot of stuff. I mean, a baby needs a lot of stuff. Also, people give you a people lot of stuff. People give you a lot of stuff. I'm being very clear to a lot of people that I'm very scared about the amount of stuff. And so like... <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody to not give me a gift, but I am sort of like, is it worth it? Well, they should all give you gifts with the receipts yeah. so that then you can take yeah. the gifts and do with them what you need to. Exactly. But also, I had the thought of you should spread out the gift giving. So it's like... I agree. It doesn't all need to be... The newborn doesn't need all No, stuff. they don't. You, you're going to need it over the next few they years. They also don't need like 20 stuffed animals. Like... Yes, they my, do. My, mother they do. my mother-in-law was like, can I get a bunch of teddy bears? And I was like, how about one? Yeah. If you're going to get a bunch of stuffed animals, at least get different kinds right. of stuffed animals. the theme was bears. I picked out a couple of national parks things and I think that that turned into <laughs> a theme. <laughs> Uh, that's really funny. Um, I'm keeping a lot of people at bay, namely the moms who are being very lovely, but are like this. 
and I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, well, I do have a question mm-hmm. in that regards. Yes, please. I mean, it's your birthday, having a baby, lots of changes. Of all the different types of makeover shows or update your life self-improvement shows, yeah, is there one that you would want to... And, and when I say be on, that's a whole other thing of like, do I want to be on a TV show? But yes. if you could have one of those things happen to it, you, like the Queer Eye guys come in or this trio come in or un- just a unfortunately whole... i'm not gonna be able to really name this show that's fine. and i haven't seen it enough but it was the one that i was like yes i would like you to come is there's a netflix show with these organizers women mm-hmm. there's two women that mm-hmm. organize mm-hmm. and they like have a partnership with the container store they oh, do reese yes. witherspoon's house yep I they've got like episode. a whole line of things and i apologize that i don't know the name but like that like go into my cupboard that is tiny anything i don't have a lot of spaces i have very few closets like go into a space and organize it better because I don't know how to do that. Yeah. That's what I want. I like that. I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense. I would want specifically one of the, uh, the home designer shows because I have ideas for things that I want to do. And I'm just like not a DIY person. I just, yeah. you're oh, like, Oh, Oh, Magnolia is the 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 fixer upper but, but see, i want a house that yeah, i want i don't just... need like a i don't for me personally i don't need like a full like flip of a house or fix up of a house but i do want someone to come in and i have visions of like what i want my living room to look like right and i my neighbor kind of did this for me a little over a year ago i have a space that was my tv space and i also wanted it to be a library space and we went over certain things that i wanted and i had a few of the main pieces that I had bought and then I left for three days and came back and she had redone the whole space and it was one of those before and after walking in was mm-hmm. just like very felt very cool and reveal. very TV show very reveal. reveal and that's what it's also I like want good for you spaces. for giving somebody I'm such a control freak like oh I'm like can please. barely let you like organize baby shower like <laughs> you have to know which is also true you have to know what I like and yeah. what I want which she very much and did she kept and there the was receipts. like Pinterest boards and, and she kept receipts um but there were Pinterest boards and that sort of thing but I that's my immediate it's not a need but immediate thing that I yeah. want is I sit in my living room like oh I really want to paint that wall and I really want to redo those pictures and I really want to change this and I just would like someone to take it out of my head and do it while I'm gone for three days sounds great thank you don't wait until someone dies no nope nope but I do love this concept I've only watched one episode so far but I'm in it now this does go into the category because we have lots of programming of we try to watch everything beforehand. I did watch this one and I am programming team. So it is more important, but this was when you watch post festival. I watched post festival. I love the concept of it because I'm very much a person of if something happens to me many, many, many moons from now that I don't want anyone else to be responsible for all the just like, I will stuff. say having witnessed both my parents be executors to wills to my grandparents and my great aunt, the amount of things that you have to go to, like forget just the stuff, like putting people on papers so they have access to like, I mean, it is it is a process and there's a lot going on. So it'd be nice if you didn't also inherit like just a house of things that you don't understand what to do with. Yes, yes. Like it's just, I feel that I live freer and live a bigger life whenever I know that all that stuff is taken care of. Like it's yeah. not, there's not a fear or a worry about it when it's all 
put in order and people can find things easily. I just, I feel lighter and freer. And I really love the concept of this from, I mean, the three main trio standpoints of there's the psychologist. The thing that actually makes this when you ask about like all the makeover shows and they all have their own twist and interesting thing. I think the thing I don't believe, I mean, Queer Eye has a version of it. Like, let Mm -hmm. me talk to you about your feelings and why you are and what you want out of life. But the idea that there is a a designer and organizer, but a psychologist is a very unique twist on a show. And I like, because I do think that you, again, live freer. There's the emotional baggage too. And when you can get past some of that and live a lighter life, you just, Mm -hmm. you live bigger and fuller. And I really love the concept of the fact that Swedes, as they say a lot, are they talk more about death than Americans do because it is an actuality. It's not Mm -hmm. this impending doom that's going to happen. It is just an actuality of like, this is going to happen. Whereas most Americans, I believe myself included are like, I'm going to live forever. I have it more with my pets. My dog is going to be 14 in November and he's living forever and he's living forever. But my husband has a tendency to be more realistic and I don't appreciate it. I mean, I looked at Neville the other day, who was two. Oh, I've looked at, at Dexter for his entire yes. life and like, thought the same thing. You're not be around for the rest of my life, and that's devastating. Yeah, to me. no, I've been very morbid <laughs> really about Dexter. Terrible. Since, maybe not two, but like, well, actually, no. He almost died like for the first six months of his life. Like, had lo- all these diseases and distemper and like all this stuff. So basically, his whole life, I've been crying on him like he's gonna die. But he is now older, and I think he's doing great, minus the arthritis. But I was talking about we might move in like a year and a half and Dexter could have a yard. And Evan was like, I don't think he'll be here in a year and a half. And I was like, excuse (laughs) you. Nope, 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 nope. I still believe excuse you. He's doing great. Um, I do want to point out, and so our panelists on this panel are Georgie Herford-Jones, who is EVP of current programming for Universal Television Alternative Studio, so more unscripted stuff. And the showrunner, J.J. Duncan, but then David Collins, who's an EP, he is the co-founder of Scout Productions. So when you bring up Queer Eye, he is on, like he has their other, yeah. creator of Queer Eye. (laughs) And the fact that he was at the festival and I didn't meet him is there's always people that come and go and I don't meet them and they disappear into the ether. And I, in listening to this panel... I'm like so upset that he was there <laughs> and was on this panel and I didn't meet him. So programming team going to need to bring him back. Oh, I was like, did you not know he was going to be here? Or did I, you? Cause there's plenty of people we know are going to be here and we just don't see Lawrence I knew brothers. Because I flagged it ahead of time to myself. And even as a, we're promoting this panel, we should let people know yeah. creative queer is on this panel. But I think once you get into the thick of it, I lose track of the schedule. Totally. Who's in the green room. People are, going different places and I just this is there's the one person that I didn't meet at this year's festival this I mean, was there was more than one person well, but, this but the one a- person that I wanted to meet, there's <laughs> uh oh I mean it's not like the year that I didn't even see the playing house duo oh I spent Ugh. some time with them I know that very first year <laughs> that they came Lennon and Jessica yes I was devastated but then they came back or at least Half of them came back. Yeah. Anyway, beside the point, Queer Eye is very important to me. I love it very much and would like to bring David Collins back into our lives. Well, I feel like everybody should enjoy this panel that 
while the word death is in the title, is an extremely joyful show and interesting show and a great panel. So with that, please enjoy The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning presented by Universal Studio Group and moderated by Jim Halterman from TV Guide Magazine. You didn't say all my accolades and titles and things. All right. I mean, all right, it's not about me. Um, Hi, everybody. Um, I I love this festival so much. I think all of you do, too. If I was not up here, I would be in the audience with you guys because we all love TV. And this show is such a gem. If you really, Wendy's right, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It'll make you feel really good. You might shed some tears in the best way. So um, we're going to dig deep into it a little bit with some of the people responsible for it. First up, showrunner and executive producer J.J. Duncan. Uh, she's the executive vice president of current programming of Universal Television Alternative Studio. <sighs> Georgie Hugh- Herford-Jones. <laughs> and executive producer and co-founder of Scout Productions, David Collins. <laughs> Welcome, esteemed panelists. Um, for, so I, I didn't know this book. I didn't know this this whole Swedish death cleaning thing even existed. Um, can you, who can talk to bringing the book to television and adapting it? I guess that's me. Hi, hi everybody. Hi. Is it there? Yeah. You can hear me. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a fun, quick TV story because we're all here for TV, right? Um, an executive from WeTV called me. Th- three and a half years ago, said, a buddy of mine just has this book, and it's been in the New York Times bestseller list for a while now. I wonder if you could check it out for him, give him a chance. I was like, yeah, all right, what's it called? And he's like, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And um, having created a show called Queer Eye, uh, the title was exciting for me, right? I was like, all right, that's a title. Anyways, got the book. The book's small. It's a little book. Read it overnight and instantaneously just saw the format. It was uh, written by a wonderful woman in Sweden who uh, really understood the fact that through the lens of death, we live. And that's why the title's so special. It's it's just misleading, right? Because you're like, death? But it's not about death. It's about living. And that's how we... Anyways, we optioned the rights to the IP, uh, to the actual uh, book, and... My team at Scout Productions came together and we tore it apart and put together a a format, a concept that was kind of born out of the DNA of Queer Eye, uh, humor and heart, right? Transformation through humor and heart. And uh, and then we met this lovely lady over here who helped us bring it to life. And, oh, actually, no, we met this one first uh, (laughs) because we were blessed to have Amy Poehler uh, come on board to get behind the concept, and uh, Amy is part of the, the Universal team, and then we brought on the lovely J.J. Duncan, who brought the show to life. She's the one that actually gave birth to the show. <laughs> and it was exciting for us, because obviously when they came to us, and Amy, it was just the perfect match, because she is such a great storyteller, and she also understands these kind of shows and people so well that it was just a wonderful, wonderful fit. And we were so excited to work with the yeah. Scout people as well. What, what were some of the challenges? Um, and, and like you said, you, you, d- the DNA was from Queer Eyes, so you could see some stories that might not be so happy and how you find the, the upside to it or just the happier 
kind of evolution of the story. But how, what were the challenges in that for this particular show? Well, I will say that, um, you know, it, we're dealing with, again, death is in the title, right? And you're dealing with grief, with death, with the inevitability that we're all going to die. And so that alone going into it, you know, it, it gets some, people had some cold feet going in and uh, meaning our cast that we were working with because it's vulnerable anyway. When you do a TV show and you go into like an unscripted show and you go into someone's house with a camera crew, it's a very invasive process. And, and you know, the way all of these lovely people appear with me work and the way I work is, is to... Uh, not make people feel manipulated, to really lean into who they are and show that. And that's one of the reasons I knew that we were going to do this right. With Scout Productions, with Amy Poehler, this was going to be done well. And so that's why I was so excited to do it. And so we really just, we got to know our cast in such a way that they felt safe. And there were moments they didn't feel safe because it's scary to have a TV crew in your home and then you're starting to deal with really very touchy subjects. <laughs> so we, we, we just, we actually just bonded and became family with everybody is what happened. Yeah. And I think people realized quite quickly that this show is actually a celebration of life. Yeah. Although yes. there's death in the title, yeah. it's actually about finding out what's important to you while you're still alive yeah. and, and giving that back to the people you love who are around you so that they know who you are and what's important yeah. to you. You know, so it's they quickly loved the show. And exactly, for sure. Filming stuff. I, I think one of the fun, great things of our of our actual death cleaners is that in Sweden, they're the word the death doesn't freak them out, right? They're not like Americans because they're like, guess what we all have in common. Yeah. We're all gonna drop dead one day, yeah. and so yeah, they're very pragmatic. The Swedes pragmatic about it, and it's not that you're gonna get hit by a bus yeah. today or die yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, but the the idea is like, hey, if we live through the lens of death, and that we 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 get to see like, oh wow, do I really want to leave a pile of crap to my kids when I die? Do yeah. I really want to? And they they help us sort the big stuff, the small stuff and the important stuff. And that's right. what JJ got to bring to life. And what I'll say is what was really cool is because, you know, you go in and, you know, again, you know, you hear the word death, you're going to be cleaning out stuff, you're going through your people's drawers, right? <laughs> and and so, but what ended up happening was exactly this. Like, not only do you see it in the shows, but I am happy to report that all eight of our heroes that we worked with have actually started to embrace life in such a different way and have continued on in this way of death cleaning because it's a it's a it's a process. It's, it's a way of you know, living. It's a way of living, which is the crazy thing. And so many of them had not lived, and so many of us don't live fully when we have stuff that we're attached to. And that's really what it's about. We call it death cleaning, but it's about life. It's about letting go of attachments in such a way that you know how to embrace life. And to see that actual transformation happen, it, it was just such a gift, such a gift. And I think the, the big thing is, is the burden of things, especially yeah. when they're left by your families. You know, yes. it's passed <laughs> down and you feel that burden of, I can't let it go. And your house is full yeah. of these things and yeah, it's not. Exactly. Your house is a reflection of you and there's all these things and you don't know how to let go of them. And I think that's where our death cleaners were so wonderful is that they kind of showed them how yeah. to let go. You don't need all of that, maybe one thing. or And that way you work out what's important to you. The Swedes, I think the greatest thing is to watch the death cleaners because they just look at Americans and they're like, 
are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, they're serious. They're like, wait, you have a storage unit for your storage? Yeah. And you're, yes, I do. I have three storage units. I keep my holidays in there. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, 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 and on, a, on a design level, obviously, kind of Swedish design is minimalist, right? It's got mm-hmm. a clean look. It's less is more. It's, it's about putting those important things that have meaning to your heart, right? I, I, all of us, I think, when we were developing and creating the show... Everybody has that story, right? Everyone wants to tell the story. You know, and this is not to be sad. My father passed away two years ago, and this was his watch, right? And he gave me the watch before he passed, and he's like, make sure that one of the grandkids get it, you know, my daughter Ella. And so for me, this watch now has so much meaning behind it. It's the important piece, right? And I know the history of when he got it, how he got it, why it meant something to him, and I'm able to share that with my daughter. That's how this really works. It's about, and we yeah. all have that, right? We all have a story about some important things in our lives, whether it's a chest of drawers or a watch. We have exactly. It. Well, that's the thing. I've never done a show before where, you know, you you say, "Oh, I'm doing this show." People go, "Oh, that's cool," or "Oh, I've never seen it," or anything like that. <laughs> this show, I have to, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. A hundred percent of the people. Yeah say, oh my gosh, my mom needs that show. Oh my gosh, I need that show. Oh, last year I was doing this because yeah. my, my father passed away. It is, it is universal because it is universal. It's the yeah. great equalizer. Yeah. And what we found is, and what I think we can probably all relate to in this room is, we have something in, a, in that room that we keep closed or in the basement or in the attic or in the storage unit that meant something to our grandmother, our parent. And we don't know if it's important or not. It lives in a storage unit. We see it maybe once every couple of years. Oh, yeah, this is the thing. And we feel guilty if we get rid of it. We don't know what to do with it. It doesn't fit our house, so we put it back in the box and you put it back away. And it's <laughs> stuff. And then when you're gone, because it's going to happen, who's going to clean that up for you? Right. And then and that ends up that in their story. thing. And it just grows right. and grows and grows and grows. So the point of this is to look at that stuff and to yeah. let things go. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say, after I've watched a couple episodes, I'm preparing for a move, and I found yeah. some things that maybe I would have normally just donated or something. I thought, you know, I have a couple nieces that would love these things. There you go. And it was from the show that it just yeah. kind of changed my Upcycling mindset a little bit. Upcycling is a big part it of the did. story. Yeah, exactly. so I have stuff set aside to send my nieces. So yeah. um, tell me how you found the three Swedes, uh, Katrina, Ella, and Johan. They're, they're wonderful, but how, how, did, how did you come to find them? Well, I mean, JJ yeah. can talk about it too. We, we have a little, we call it the scout secret sauce. Where we, when we cast ensemble cast, right? We like to look for experts in their field. Uh, and these, uh, the, the cool part about Swedish death cleaning was that we didn't have like on Queer Eye, there's fashion, grooming, interior design, culture, food, and wine. I've never said that before. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, the, five, the five verticals, right? Um, and for us, death cleaning is such kind of a, it's a it's a it's a big job. It, it's part organizer. It's part designer. It's part therapist. We right? had to break it down, didn't we? Yeah. Because you don't go to school to become a death cleaner. So <laughs> no. Do, what's in the DNA of death cleaning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember, I mean, David, you and I went to a lunch, and David, you know, creator of Queer Eye here, and I was like sitting at his feet, like, teach me, you know. And, and he he said, you know, we need to really find what is what is the mythology of a death cleaner? What is this? And um, it was so smart, and it got us to thinking about, you know, and as we were looking at all the different people that could be death cleaners, here we cast, you know, an organizer, a designer, and a therapist. And as I was looking at them, I, you know, and I had also at the same time been talking to producers we were hiring for our crew, and I said, you know, when people make a change, when any of us make a change in our life, 
we have to change mentally, emotionally, and physically for it to stick, right? Whether it's, you know, whatever, a fitness plan or, or a death cleaning or something, you have to change in all three of those ways. And suddenly we looked at them and we went, we've got the head, the heart, and the hands right here. We've got Ella's the brains of the organization. She's our organizer. The heart is Kat. She's the, she's the therapist that goes in and like yeah. digs into those emotions. And then the hands is Yuan who designed something that's a useful space with what we have. And so it really, it just helped. It's immediately, it just all came. It was like kismet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it always decided that Amy would kind of narrate in the show or when did that come along? Yeah. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, we, we brought it to, to Amy and, and Kate at Paper Kite, our partners, and um, they got it instantly. Uh, Amy joked in our first meeting, she's like, I'm Swedish through marriage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> her brother lives in Sweden, married a, a Swede. Yeah. So she feels in a kinship and, and kind of more importantly understands the Swedish uh, kind of state of mind and, and mythology, and she was uh, reality. So she was able to help bring that to us. And her brother actually worked on the series did, with yeah. us as well. He helped us with a lot of Swedishisms. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, this this is not a new thing. Because even I, I was googling and I saw Swedish death cleaning came up quite a bit way before right. the it's show. Real. Well, it's, no, a real no, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Sweden in Sweden, it, it is just a way of life. Like they know it as children because their mother and their grandmother and their great grandmother death cleaned and and death cleaning is is for life we say it in the series death cleaning is for life literally and and, and metaphorically right because ultimately when we when we're more thoughtful about how we shop and when we buy right so a lot of the sweet ideas like you go into a shop you pick something up that you love you look at it and you're like do i really need that in my life maybe not so you set it back down and you leave you admired it in that moment versus collecting and collecting because ultimately the the writer of the book her her big tagline the whole thing is like do you really want to leave a pile of crap when you die that means nothing to anyone but you yeah. and that's ultimately a person who's got to go through and, it all. or person that yeah. has to go through yeah. it yeah. I loved Ella said at one point when someone said, but what, what if I think later that I might want this? And it was something that actually he couldn't find a, a meaning for or anything. And it's like, well, shit happens. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Exactly. Oh, when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, Ella can be very direct. It's a Swedish thing. It's, it's a Swedish direct. thing. But I think with the Amy part of it as well is that she's so great at knowing how to be a team. You know, we, mm -hmm. I think her voice, we were all in it when you're watching yeah. it when you're making yeah. it you know you're on the team with that person and she just knows that voice so well yeah so yeah it was a perfect marriage yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit before we came in here um as you were filming you started filming this season what were you guys thinking as you're seeing dailies and you're seeing how the three cleaners are actually working together and how fun they are. I love, I love the bits where it's just the three of them, like in a hot tub yeah, or at a yeah. spa, <laughs> those kind of things. But it's the same with Creara. You get to see yeah. them kind of out of their element just yeah. as friends. But tell me what all of your reactions were as you start watching, you know, the dailies and yeah. kind of see the show coming together in front of you. I, I think we knew... I think we've known every moment of the way this was special. I, I just, there was never a moment we doubted it. At least, I mean, I, you know, maybe that's a leap of faith. I guess every time you do a show, it's a leap of faith. It is. And, and. Season ones. Season ones. Are they? They're, they're not easy. <laughs> and, they, and they're not, I mean, this was an undertaking. It really, it was, it was a lot. Um, and yeah, no, it, it was just, it was a lot of work, but it was excitement the whole time. And, and. Their Swedishness, is that a term? Yeah, Swedishness yeah, yeah. really did read. And at first, you know, it was interesting because they don't go in like American TV hosts, like, hey, 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 let's do this. They walk in and they're very, you know, they're kind of still and they look around and they, they take things in. 
And we leaned into that. We leaned into their their Swedishisms. Yeah. And so it really, it helped. It's helped. So Fika, if you've watched the show Fika, if you, if you now you all know what a Fika break is, uh, coffee break. And uh, it became the way of the whole crew. We all looked forward to Fika. Now yes. we all insist on it. Yeah. The definitions, yes, exactly. that was a big part of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, the Amy part that I think is a little, fun little inside baseball, we, during the shooting, when we were realizing, how, how do we want to use Amy's voice, we realized she became the camera. Mm -hmm. And so she was the viewer mm -hmm. going through the episode commenting mm -hmm. as she's watching it. So it's really, it was a fun mm -hmm. amalgamation of not just doing a typical voiceover, yeah. but giving, giving shape and character to, to Amy's voice as, as being part of the viewers. Right. So she's commenting at, at, from the point of view she of the reacts. camera. She reacts. Like she partly narrates like this is what is happening and she's also reacting with us. Yeah. And so it, uh, it, it was a perfect blend. It was. Yeah. yeah. I think this, the interesting thing about this show is that we, we as the people making it all came out of it with something so amazing too, yeah. which doesn't always happen. You know, That's that, true. That you get something so great back from a show you've made. It was unbelievable. Mike Arouch is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to that end, to that end, you know, what it really affected me is since I finished, since we finished filming, um, when I'm at the store and I used to be like, that's cute and I'll get that. I don't do that anymore. Me neither. Same I've thing. stopped. I've Dead stopped serious. buying just extra things. From well, because Ella pointed out, Ella pointed out, why do you have plates for Halloween? You know what I mean? And I'm like... <laughs> Because I because it's fun. And she was like, do your normal plates not work? And, you know, you're like, <laughs> I guess they do. Yes, they do. You know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, we have more, I mean, partly in America, right, we have more space. So I think that's one of the reasons in our culture we've gotten to be, you know, we grow out. But it's coming to a point, and, you know, so many of, we also come from generations after the Depression and so forth, and this is a pattern that's been passed down. And it is, they, in Sweden, it's smaller. Right. So they do have yeah. a different way of approaching it. So I do think it's, it is a conversation that we're ready to have. And one more little kind of inside baseball thing. I think we're all here for TV, so it's fun to see behind the curtain a little bit. For us as, as, as creators of the format was also, all right, a lot of transformation series, use Queer Eye as an example, you're going, and they're getting a new living room set, or they're getting a new bedroom, or they're getting this. Mm -hmm. And we had to really look at that differently, right? Because yeah. Swedish death cleaning is not about getting new more. things mm -hmm. and, and taking more. Yeah. It's anything that's, or rearranging what we have. Yeah. It's about editing. Yeah. It's about losing. It's about re redesigning what it is you already have. Yeah. Purpose yeah. with purposely. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're big environmentally. Yes. Yeah, the Swedes yes. are big on upcycling. It's so they'll of, take something that was some had a purpose here, and now it has a new purpose there. Um, and I think for us creatively, that was a fun challenge mm -hmm. along the way because you know TV transformation series lifestyle. You know, oh, we want the feels and reveals, and you mm -hmm. want those reveals to be big, right? Mm -hmm. And they work. They're beautiful. We love our reveals. They're mm -hmm. gorgeous, mm -hmm. but they're also not about putting more in the place, but right. instead. Right having it be part of the heart of the story. Yep. Yeah, it's decluttering mentally and physically, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah. And also when they, it, it, it was fun for us to see the pieces that really mattered to them were suddenly front and center when we did those. And that was the most important thing about the changing of their rooms was just to suddenly be able to see the things that mattered to them. Yeah. 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 And they're, yeah. 
Oh, right. But how beautiful was that? That, that, that she got to, that Susie got to send those Gafkins to the great grandkids and the nieces and the nephews and, it's and such tell a- the story of that Afghan. Anybody in the yeah. photo. Right. And it's such an example of something that was sitting in her basement that she didn't ever go down and look at that. It just was there. And it's like, and it's that, but I can't get rid of it thing. And that's yeah. the. Yeah, and then you're left to the poor people who, who go in, like your kids, mm-hmm. and they're like, I wonder who that is. I wonder who that yeah. is. Is that yeah. making the most Should I keep it? And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to ask, so. who, who of the three of you is the easier crier? Because I'm guessing as you're watching these episodes, the waterworks are. Who cries? I, I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I cry it every day. We all are. We all hold each other yeah. when we watch this. <laughs> Trying to be tough here. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say one one part that got me choked up. I think it's the second episode. The woman who had terminal cancer, Shanna, yeah, and she finds a dress that she never got to wear because I think she bought it right before the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, that's and right. And then you get to see her wear it when she has the party with her friends, and that yeah. just it was such a. It wasn't about her being connected to this item of clothing. It was like this really meant something to her. That's and it, right. And it was something she didn't get a chance to experience. And I love that the show was able to give her that because her wearing that dress, you could just tell how. We during that during a little bit of inside baseball during the filming of that um, we have all these camera operators and these are people who are they do a lot of shows all over the place and they are you know you can get kind of hardened after a while I looked over and they were weeping <laughs> weeping yeah. behind the camera yeah. weeping I mean we were and when I say we held each other I mean I really it's true the whole crew in the field and in post production and all of the, everybody. There, there's been a lot of love on this show. And I think it shows on the screen. You know, that happens when it, you really crew, can capture that magic. The was so... It, it's because of her leadership and her, her mama bareness that she brought the crew together and, and helped all of us feel the power of the show. But I've never seen a crew more connected to a project than and they were on this. Yeah, yeah, they're really invested in this. Okay. Well, the show just started airing, I think, a little over a month ago, and I know the buzz started for me right away. Um, what, what, were, what was your reaction? Because you start hearing what people are saying on social and all this stuff. What, what were you all reacting to that? It's been great. I mean, it really has. It's been really special to see the reviews and, and people getting it, right, and understanding, despite the title, which scared a lot of people, uh, the people are getting it and it's resonating. And I, I think something we talked about earlier, the heroes of the episodes, right? I'm not going to take your line and let you say it, but I think we all connect to each one of them. The the differences, right? From Godfrey, who Godfrey's story, um, while it felt a little perhaps sad, he lost his parents and he lost both of his parents and he ended up with all their stuff and his brother and all of that. But it's a story, right? People, life happens. In each of these episodes, each, each individual hero's story was so relatable. And I think, when I watched it and fed the reviews, people found an episode that really spoke to That's them. That's right, yeah. And I think when people ask us how we cast, it, any one of us in this room could be the heroes on this show because we all have things. We all have people who die in our families. You know, it, it happens. So really, it's, it's some, there's a bit of it in all of us. And I yeah. think that's what makes it so magical when you watch. Yeah, the, the response that I really have enjoyed is the are the individual conversations. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm on a text chain with Ella, Kat, and Yuan. We're all like, and we have been sharing with each other when people message us. And the thing that's been incredible is I and I've I've just never had this happen. I've worked on some fun, big, wonderful shows in my career. And but I've never had this happen quite like this. People are saying, you've 
allowed me an opportunity to talk to my mother about something. I have started doing this. I have done this. This is what happened to me. We were in New York and there was a screening of it and there were people lined up to talk to us. Um, and every story, no one was even talking about the episode we had just watched. They were <laughs> they telling tell us their story. Their story. Yeah. And every single person, they said, I'm going to go home right now. I cannot count how many people have said you have spurred a conversation. And that was, that was like the, the goal underneath it, right? Yeah. Let's, let's start a conversation. Hands down. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, I, I know it's early to hear about a season two um, is it? I, is it? <laughs> it's never Let's, too early I know. if you ask us. Well, in, in other words, we don't we don't know yet. Hopefully, that will happen. But what would you say you learned from doing season one that would actually help you going into uh, season two? Good question. <laughs> good question. More people on the set. No. Um, <laughs> bigger budget. No bigger budget. Uh, no. I I feel like um, you know really it's it's. What we're looking for, I think, always is the diversity of stories, right? Because, again, every the thing that we were so proud of is every episode was so different. And you really can lean into the DNA of each, you know, individual home, each individual story. And so I think just always having a, an eye open to those possibilities out there is really what, you know, what else, what else is there? And because everybody has been telling us these stories, we're learning of more of them. And so it just, I feel like there's so much material out there. The depth and the breadth of of the stories we want to tell can grow, right? And um, I will tell you a little, little, little before anyone else knows, uh, our amazing partners at Peacock, NBC Universal, Utah, the whole world have decided that they're going to bring it to Bravo. And so we're going to premiere on Bravo uh, as a whole new kickoff uh, so that even more people, because, you know, the peacock world is small but growing. And um, and Bravo, we're hoping, will open it up for even more. So following uh, Project Runway, which someone up here might have also show ran, um, uh, is going to be the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, I think, starting in July-ish. So tell everybody if they have Break, it. If they breaking news in this panel. Breaking I news. like it. <laughs> I like that. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Okay. You, who made that happen? I love that. Our it's wonderful synergy. team at Peacock. Yeah, yeah they know what yeah. they're doing over there. It's yeah. yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. That's so great. Um, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I know it's very complicated with different networks, but I'm thinking a Queer Eye Death Cleaning crossover. <laughs> there could be a crossover. I mean, you never you guys know. Watch that? I would. <laughs> I'd love to see Jonathan Van Ness do some death cleaning. That would be so- <laughs> <laughs> JVN and his death cleaning, yeah. right? Yeah, I know. Well, we're about out of time, but the one thing you guys can all do to help, because there's a lot on TV, is make noise about it. Yes, Put it on please. your socials, please. tell your friends and family, post on Facebook, all those things that actually make a difference. And the people making the decisions on when these shows live, they look at that stuff. So um, they do. make noise. Do that. But you guys, thank you so much for such thank a wonderful panel. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarlane, and produced by Jennifer Morgan. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 12 in Austin, Texas, between June 1st and 4th, 2023. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit atxfestival.com. <laughs>